In business and life, relationships are everything. Welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams, clients, and those that promote and refer them. Here's your host, business trainer and leader of the People Catalyst team, Carla Nelson. And welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, my friend, Alan Fadden. Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm uh, excited because we're going to do part two of core nature versus personality. And that's one of my favorite topics. So Uh, it is a great topic. And it's with us launching this beta test. I can't tell you, it's going to be great to have a podcast. I can actually just send people instead of trying to explain it via electronic, right? To try to understand (laughs) the different nuances between your personality and your core nature of work. Great point. It's so drastically different and everybody just goes, oh, I'm just going to dump it all into one bucket. But it's probably just because that's what they know, because people always go to what the familiar thing is for them and then, you know, contrast and compare from what's familiar. Absolutely. People so are comforted we, by that. You know, if, if it's familiar, it's like an elect, when they first introduced electricity, the homes were all being uh, lighted and heated with gas. And so they made the electric light fixtures look just like the gaslight picture so everybody would be comfortable. And that's kind of the uh, thing that we're facing here where uh, core nature kind of looks like uh, personality and it couldn't be farther from it. Yeah, so what we're gonna talk about today is you can't get work done with personality and why (laughs) your core nature of work is very different from your personality. And we started the the last podcast uh, that we discussed disc on with this um, quote, which I just love it. Uh, Edward Rickenbacker, the secret of success, right? And he says the, there's a six word formula for success: think things through, then follow through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too simple. Yeah, of course. Well, and I just love what Peter Drucker said. Yeah, it's a great idea, but nobody nobody can do it, right? So <laughs> what we're here to tell you is this is absolutely doable. The only time it doesn't work is if you don't do it. And I was just thinking of that this morning, Alan, that why don't, if they knew that their life would be made so much easier, why don't people do it? And I just kept on thinking that that would be a really good podcast that we could talk about, you know, mindset and something else outside of why wouldn't you do it if you can be 300 to 800% more effective get 100% buy in and you know have happy people and enjoy your work why don't people do it yeah really good question well, so we anyway, can explore not that, that i have an answer for it exactly today <laughs> yeah, who does so but uh, we may have a partial answer by the time we do a podcast on it mhm yeah i think that's really interesting and it's interesting also to see how far the not core nature of work, but the personality assessments go back. Oh yes. Uh, <clears throat> it goes all the way back to the Greeks, the ancient Greeks. So we're talking, you know, give or take a few years, a couple of thousand years. So personality profiles, so to speak, have been around for a couple thousand years and still 70% of the people hate their jobs. And we're always having performance problems, especially when it comes to getting things done. Now, 
interesting thing, and, and maybe you've heard this before, some of you, and there's an actual a cor- uh, actually a correlation to personality profiles, but the, uh, the four uh, Greeks, from the ancient Greeks, there are four, they called them temperaments, are phlegmatic, sanguine, melancholy, and choleric, C-H-O-L-E-R-I-C. No wonder um, people get PhDs in Myers-Briggs. It, Talk about heady, geez. Yeah, exactly. These are words you're going to remember and use in your day-to-day conversation, <laughs> right? So, but uh, it's interesting, uh, and we'll shorten Myers-Briggs just uh, the way a lot of Myers-Briggs people do for conversations. We don't claim to be experts in Myers-Briggs. You do get PhDs in that. And uh, okay, we're in fourth grade, but uh, sometimes fourth grade uh, will help you uh, make a few distinctions in your life. And well, so, and the easier it is, this is one thing that I really don't like about a lot of assessments is the more that it goes into depth, the, the harder it is to apply because yes. it's hard enough to figure out who you are in the midst of all the other permutations. Try to figure out who you are and then who your team is and then how that applies to anything about getting work done. And I know we'll get into that in a, in a little bit. And, and who can remember? And that's why we have simple words like mover, shaker, prover, maker. You know, who are the movers and shakers? Those are the people who are getting new things done. So, uh, so let's just look at this for a moment. We've got uh, NF in Myers-Briggs corresponds neatly to phlegmatic in the uh, ancient Greeks. Uh, SP in Myers-Briggs corresponds neatly to sanguine. And um, SJ corresponds neatly to melancholy. And NT uh, corresponds neatly to choleric. And so um, temperaments, personalities, they're all kind of saying the same things. And then, you know, you can go to Wilson Social Styles and get pretty much the same thing. You can go to DISC, which we talked about last time. Um, Even... Even a deck of cards corresponds neatly to this model put forth by the ancient great uh, Greeks, uh, clubs, spades, hearts, and diamonds. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, and I think a big part of the, the conversation here, Alan, is that personality methodologies and assessments are great and they can be used for a piece of understanding individuals. That's always a good thing. But if you don't have a process to work with, right, the conflict is still there. And so when you, in, again, the object of the exercise is not to sing kumbaya, it's to get something done. And I think, you know, the way that you do that in utilizing a process, being able to remove the conflict, the majority of the conflict, just by putting people at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. And we break this down in red light, green light, and yellow light relationships. Now, all of a sudden, you look at it and go, my goodness, you can actually really like somebody just for a different reason, right? Not their personality, but, you know, that they're fitting and doing a part of this job that you have to do every day, and they're doing a lot better than you, the piece that you don't want to do. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting how much in the workplace you can get to like somebody who does what they say they're going to do delivers you good work on time and uh and you is, don't have to do that part that you don't. <laughs> and they're taking away the stuff you hate to do they're doing it for you you yeah. know it, the person doesn't have to have a great personality for you to actually like them 
when people do nice things for you, we like them. That's funny. And and you had mentioned something earlier in our conversation before we uh, got on the podcast here is that, and you were kind of making a joke, but I think there might be some truth to this. It says, you know, in fact, it, that when you are nicer to others, that you'll likely get less done because of fear of being liked or wanting to be a part of the group or right. Because now you, you're not going full force. You're tiptoeing and trying to figure out, okay, how do I need to be? Right. When that's the, the focus. Yes. And then we don't see the, what's really going on in the room sometimes when, when this happens. So yeah. good. Yeah. And then let's take point. a look at breaking down that, uh, that quote. And the reason why we just love this quote is because it's basically think things through that's ideation, then follow through implementation. So that's that quote really encapsulates uh, the hoodoo method and what we do. But when we think things through, we, because we're in our head, people tend to argue then. Right. And then when we follow through, oftentimes we miscast people. We put people in the wrong role and we look at a job as a function versus a role. And that's not even taking into consideration. And I think this is where a lot of things get like gray. How are we in the workplace and how are we differently in our personal life? Right. Um, especially when there's something at stake. So it gets so convoluted right now everything yes. becomes so much more gray and and again then go back to keeping it simple the object of the exercise is to get something done and the key here is having a process and having everybody agree on the process and moving together in, in that together like ha having everybody agree to that process and that's where everybody gets to put you know their thumbprint on what you're going to do and how you're going to implement it. It's just that we can't dump everybody in a room, just give them their, you know, their uh, function, um, right? We have right. to control and then you need everybody. You have to have all four core natures of work. Right. And when you were talking about thinking things through uh, and then also following through, there are so many things in there that stop you dead and they're all problems caused by people doing the wrong parts of the work uh, or people uh, rejecting someone else's work just because the core natures don't fit together. Yeah, or having to do the work anyway because it's got to be done and now you just are, are not happy, period, because you're not doing something that's fun that you're good at. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to take one for the team. Well, actually, you're 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 hurting the team by taking one for the team more than you're helping them. The minute you accept your weak work, your weakness work, that means you are doomed to uh, hating it, to going longer, uh, not meeting your deadlines, doing the wrong thing, having lack of focus. So yeah, you're, you're really giving one to the team and I don't mean in a good way. <laughs> I like it. Lack of focus is so true because as soon as you uh, have to do your weak work, you find every reason not to do it. So oh God, yes. the distractions become really hard <laughs> not to, you know, your phone rings or you're checking your text message or you're checking your going <laughs> on LinkedIn. You find something to do. Go get a cup of coffee, whatever. eBay. Let's get yeah. on eBay. Amazon. Yeah. I, was, I was just going to say Amazon. And so that's a big thing, I think, is to understand that when you, you now, do we all every once in a while have to do weak work? Yes, but we should avoid it like the plague and allow the people on your team that do that part of the work really, really well to do it, you know, or hire their, them to do it, right? 
because it's their peak work. They're great at it. Why would you deprive them of doing something they're great at and love to do? Yeah, that's a good point. I like so I love all poor natures of work because I tell you, I like to coordinate and make sure things get done, but I don't like to do most of the things that are necessary. <laughs> I mm -hmm. like the strategy aspect of it. It's great. The people aspect of it is great. But if you don't have all four core natures of work, figure out like, you know, a strategy, an objective, whatever you're trying to get done in your business. Now write down how many things are on that checklist. You're going to come up with about a hundred to 150 things to get yep. And one of those items, as soon as it's removed, you're going to replace it with another one or maybe two. Yeah. And so I think really understanding all that's encompassed that, you know, the work that you're trying to get done encompasses and then, then understand, okay, you could see what somebody's personality is. And you, and I like how you explain this, Alan is almost like the steering wheel and the gas and the brake. And so our method does not take away from anything that is already existing out there. In fact, it puts it in the right process because personality should be the icing on the cake, not the main course. Because again, the object of the exercise is to get something done. This kind of reminds me of a story about, do you remember um, the trainer? Oh yeah. <laughs> Disaster. Disaster. Well, you know, a lot of people do this again. It's a, it's that lens when you're looking at the, the uh, uh, electric light that has the fixture on it of the gas light, you started making assumptions that electricity and gas are just the same. Well, I don't know, go, you know, you could light a match near an electrical outlet and be fine, but if you uh, light a match during your gas, uh, to, near your gas outlet, you could be in a lot of trouble uh, if it's, uh, you know, if there's too much gas coming out. So, so uh, the same thing is true here. And, and in fact, somebody, who was much more comfortable with uh, Myers-Briggs decided to run the hoodoo method with Myers-Briggs typology instead of Hoover's shakers, provers, and makers, the core natures of work. And so while on paper that would say, well, sure, why not? You could do that, of course. You know, you're just uh, substituting uh, uh, strawberry flavoring for raspberry flavoring. And it fell flat. And well, that's I just even think about how confusing that you just already took, you know, Myers-Briggs. There's a reason you have to get a dang PhD in it, right? Yeah. And then the hoodoo, which it's not even a personality, it's your core nature of work. You dump all that into a, a pot, yeah, it's a recipe for disaster, just my brain. And I know both of them decently well, but obviously, it, I just, it was like, how would you keep people in their own lane? It would be so confusing. Exactly. Well, even... Even the uh, in Myers Briggs, it's a little tougher because you generally have a four-letter designation, and so people say, you know, so so people don't remember it, and I don't remember mine, so I always say that I'm an ESPN. <laughs> I'm so not surprised. Yes, and uh, that that gets me by anyway, and uh, plus I get to watch a lot of sports too, so it's a it's a it's all around good deal to win yeah. win for everybody. Well, and I think the thing here too, in 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 the uh, validation study, um, the I think because Myers Briggs and Disco personality, who do is core nature of work, there really is this magic in finding the fifteen percent of the population that will say yes to an idea. Right, and, and there was by no the way, that's why the that uh, that experiment when they substituted Myers Briggs type for core natures of work failed because they couldn't even find the mover. 
And when you run the process, at least in the, uh, the opening part, when you're dealing with ideas, the mover is the point person. You got the wrong point person in any process, it starts going downhill. This went downhill fast. Absolutely. And the other piece, statistically having no correlation, right, um, with the core nature of work with, and the um, uh, personality profiles, I think the other thing is that um, there's no, there's no have the work fit the people part. There's no, so if, for instance, you can be a, um, um, and I'm an ENTJ and you can be a mover. You could be an ENTJ and you could be a prover. You could be a shaker. You could be any, uh, probably not a maker. It's probably a little bit less likely because an ENTJ is typically somebody that is, you know, um, the, the largest majority of people that get their MBA is their ENTJs. And so they tend to have the personality that would fit a CEO, but you've got CEOs that are, Movers, shakers, provers. I haven't, oh, yeah. We haven't worked with a lot of maker CEOs. Nope, but there are a few. And, and the interesting thing is in this thousand person study, you know, while you're going through it, one of the things you're, we, all, we all do is say, oh, wait a minute, um, let me look closer at an Ian, TJ or whatever. Uh, and, and what we'll find out a lot more about them. And there are always some aspects of them that fit mover, shaker, prover, maker. But in a thousand person study, when we had the people take uh, our assessment and we had them take Myers-Briggs and they took DISC, there was no, there was high correlation between DISC and Myers-Briggs, as you can see, just, uh, you know, from face value, but there was no correlation between this. So what you're saying is, you know, you can be, uh, you can also be a mover and be an NF and NT, an SJ or an SP. Uh, it works both ways that there was uh, nothing that indexed for you statistic geeks, nothing that indexed over 120 and indexed under 180, meaning that they were, uh, they were not uh, correlated. There was no statistically significant relationship. Mm, interesting. Well, That's as much uh, stat speak as I'm capable of. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we have a wonderful, uh, what do you even have? What's the title? Psychometrician. Psychometrician. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yes. So <laughs> well, and and I think the funniest part is that she is a shaker. Now, how do you explain that? So that I kind of proves the point by what you would think would be the exception. All the uh, Delphi swords and all the statistical stuff, and she is a shaker. She's an idea person. Amazing. What? <laughs> I know, I know. I was just as surprised. You would think you'd have a prover, at least a prover-shaker combination in a role like that. So, but I think what's important also is to understand, you know, personality profiles got created so that we would, you know, be nice to others, stop hurting mm -hmm. others, right? And mm -hmm. I think that looking at that, and the juxtapose of core nature of work is really critical. Absolutely. Again, we can be nice to people in a lot of ways. And one of the nicest things you can do for somebody is uh, help them get into a position where they're doing what they love and you know that they're going to be successful and that everybody is going to honor their results. Yeah. So the point here is using the hoodoo method removes the personality part, right? And it focuses on the process in order to get things done. And I like what you said on the last 
podcast, Al, and in regards to when, when people feel hurt when they're critiqued and every core nature of work is different in different ways and how they feel that way as well as personality, but really let's turn the critique into a challenge. There you go. There and a part go. of that, really is, you know, having people leave the room and not hearing the part of the work that's a, that is not when it's not their turn, right? So you go through the process, ideation, what are we gonna do? You run the process um, and then implementation, your point guard changes and you use the process. And, you, and a lot of times you have to juggle this back and forth, but because not everyone is there all in the same room, they're not feeling hurt and they're not canceling each other's workout. Right, and they're not, uh, yeah, not fighting, they're not all, they're, uh, adrenal glands are screaming at them, fight or flight. Uh, you, you get rid of a lot of that. The other thing I like about what you said too is that, you know, somebody, when you say a challenge, what's the difference between a critique and a challenge? A critique, basically, whether it's said in nice words or not so nice words, usually says, well, your idea sucks. <laughs> And uh, it, it, they even, uh, I remember they even uh, gave training for this, how you could say this more nicely. And uh, they'd say, well, I have a concern about your idea. <laughs> and one day, a friend of mine had somebody come into his office who was uh, parroting that latest thing. I have a concern, you know, that sort of thing. And so before he could even say anything, as he sticks his head in the door, my friend says, hey, come on in, pull up a concern and sit down. <laughs> and then it becomes just a joke. It's like, come on, guys. You really? Know, and for everybody else, it's different, right? So you go to a shaker, I've got a concern. They're hearing, my idea sucks. You go to a mover, I've got a concern. They're like, okay, what is it? We've got to remove the obstacle to figure out how to get things done here. With a prover, you have a concern. You go, well, I have five more concerns. And the maker, they're like, please just leave the room because I got real work to do over here. We don't have time for concerns. We just cleaned up the last batch. Yeah. And so the interesting thing is that now contrast that with a challenge where you're not in the room, you have a, uh, one of your ideas is up there and that's the idea that we're going with. And so, A, you're a shaker. You come back into the room, you say, oh, my idea, great. And then you say, now, here are three obstacles, three challenges we need ideas to overcome. It's illegal in 18 states. The CEO is not going to like it, blah, 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 blah. So help uh, come up with ideas to overcome these concerns or these obstacles. Right? See, I said this, the C word again. Uh, <laughs> so uh, but at least it's a it's different, different thing. It's much more empowering and you don't exactly. miss it. You're, you're back doing what you love as opposed to the critique, which puts a single thought in your head, like my idea sucks, therefore I suck. And, uh, you know, the mind can only hold one thought at a time. What's that going to do to your, your physical being, your emotional being? And, and this is why when people get down in the mouth like that, we need to bring in all the personality profiles. Oh, don't worry. He's just being a high D. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and there you go. It, it's one extra layer, right, that you can utilize to, to get work done as well. Right. However, if you don't get the first part done when the object of the exercise is to get something done, what is the difference of personality going to make? Even if you do get along better, again, the object of the exercise is to get something done. Everybody likes to be being, being a part of a winning team. Everybody, right? Yep, so that's if, for sure. So if that's the bigger aspect of, of it is how do you get your team functioning 
uh, on high gear doing the part of the work that they do now all of a sudden they're going to high five the person that they don't necessarily want to go out and you know have lunch with on friday but it doesn't matter because like you said they're high-fiving them for a whole different reason and it's what positively they bring to the table versus what we typically do and we have seen this all across the world where we make jokes and talk about all the names that have been given to mover shaker prooper maker and people laugh and guess what we've probably got 10 times the amount of a negative word and haven't even been able to encapsulate the positive part of the work that they do because it's easier to complain about what somebody isn't instead of really shining the light on what they are but when you don't have the context wrapped around it it's just oh how did i feel today right it's right. not look we can see we're moving the needle forward great i'm loving the part of the work that i'm doing thanks so much for doing the part of work that you do well and and so i think that that really is in and again we should talk about then why don't people do it obviously sometimes it's you know might not be as well known but uh we'll have to uh, do something about that on our on our goal to revolutionize the way work is done because it doesn't have to be like that doesn't have to be like that and you know the beautiful thing is that once you start getting the work done thinking it through and then following through and you get it done on time and on budget and it's beautifully done you have a win that you can celebrate and i'm gonna i'm gonna pollute this whole thing with a sports metaphor and say it's a lot easier to be in the locker room when your team just won than when your team just lost and then you don't need any personality profiles because everybody's happy with everybody else love that that's awesome we'll just have to wrap it up with that alan and we are doing our beta test for the hoodoo assessment and so when for the next i don't know how long it's going to take us maybe a couple weeks or so um to finish our um, validation study we are making this beta round open to everyone and until we get to uh, i don't know we'll probably cut it off at a thousand or so and uh, so we can start doing some an um, um, analytics around this and it's free so you can go to the people catalyst and that is plural um, dot com and you can go ahead and see if you are a mover shaker prover maker or a combination of the two on that thank you page there's an hour-long free training that it'll take you to after you do the assessment uh, and then when the validation study is complete we are going to email it out to anybody who helped us during the beta round so we uh, welcome your help and uh, hope that the Hoodoo Method can help revolutionize the way that you do work. Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst podcast. And remember, it's a good life. <laughs>